Hey everybody, welcome to War of the Worlds, the newsified game show, gamified news show. I'm sure everyone noticed that we took about two weeks off, uh, did some South by Southwest and some other stuff, uh, including blowing up our streaming box. We had to rebuild that from the ashes of what was remaining. Uh, so now that we've gotten that back together, we're here back in the studio live, and I'm excited today to have with me Brad Charkas from PZ World. Hey, how's it going? Via TV, of course, because we're living in the inter- information age where we can bring people into the studio on televisions. And Leah Yamshan here in real life. Yes. Hello. From Macworld. Mm-hmm. All right. Hi, everybody. So we've got a great uh, coming back, PC World versus Macworld, exactly what we uh, built the show up for. And I'm Boom. looking forward to see shots fired, <laughs> uh, some good body blows, and a lot of uh, virulent hate speech from both of you guys, because that's what we're about here. So uh, we'll, we'll, of course, have the bleep on uh, uh, that eight second delay, just in case things do get out of hand. So don't worry. It's so wild. Definitely. Probably want to, uh, let's say we, any kids under the age of eight, eight under the age of eight, you probably want to take them out of the room now. Cause it's going to get a little bit violent. So, uh, but that being said, everybody have a good weekend. Leah, how was your weekend? Yeah, it was great. Um, I got my haircut. Nice. I went on a nice hike with my dog. I went dancing on Saturday. Yeah. So it was like a wow. nice, you know, little, that sounds like the type nice, of weekend that should be uh, archived properly on a social media platform. Yeah, except for I, I did put it on my Instagram story. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to follow me, nice. it's actually is S H L E A Z. Nice. All right, a little plug right there. I'm sure she's going to be up to influencer level spot, uh, so uh, followers so many before followers. before too long. Brad, how about you? How'd you do? It was horrible. Oh, it great. snowed 18 inches in April, so now my body and my soul both hurt. That is I live uh, in New England, understandable. So. Yeah. What's the forecast? How's the week looking? Is it going to burn off, or what's the story? Uh, a little bit, but there's a chance it's going to have a wintry mix tomorrow. Nice. So it's the winter that never ends. Yes. Well, you know, the seasonal affective disorder is not a real thing, so just keep telling yourself that, and, and I'm sure <laughs> you'll be fine. You won't be sad. Uh, see what I did there. Well, with that uh, lovely uh, pun, which we're definitely going to keep in and not edit out, I'm going to uh, go ahead and get us started here. Uh, I'm actually going to start with Leah because we'll take her right out of her comfort zone oh, to begin well, with because okay. uh, she was talking about how much how excited she was about this particular topic uh, to start. But Leah, uh, last week we had some good optimization news from Ryzen after some initial benchmarking showed some poor gaming performance. It looks like uh, with an Ashes of the Singularity demo that there is proof that uh, Ryzen actually will not suck for gaming. So... Uh, you know, kind of what's the, uh, after momentary delay, I'm, I'm sure you're aware even in Macworld, the rise and hype train has yeah, kind yeah. of been steaming ahead. Uh, are we back on the rise and hype train after this, uh, after this latest revelation here, 60 seconds? Uh, well, I am not a PC gamer. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a casual mobile gamer slash old school console gamer. Um, so I was never really on the rise and hype train to begin with, but after seeing these benchmarks come out. Um, Gordon Ung did some in-house. So what he has seen compared to what other people are seeing, too, now that people have had the chance to work on coding with the with Ryzen and like work on optimization with some of these games, things are improving. And so it's a little unfair to have kind of like crapped all over Ryzen at the beginning <laughs> when people have had the time to really put... Um, Intel's chips to the test. It's just one of those things that it's going to take time to get Ryzen uh, up to where it could potentially be with optimization. So it's just going to keep getting better and better, I think. 
Nice. A reasoned and educated take from someone that claims not to know anything mm-hmm. about the topic. I Let's studied. Go. That was strong. I'm going to go 25,000 points, a little extra a little extra sugar for, uh, for Leah doing her homework. Brad, over to you. What's the story? I don't think Rising Game Performance sucked. I don't think it's disappointing. I mean, that's gotten a big narrative along that line, but I don't agree with it. I think that it's just not quite as good as Intel, which doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, that being said... Uh, this Ashes of the Singularity benchmark showed performance jump by 20 or 30%, which is really exciting. Um, it's going to depend on the future how many other developers actually go on board and optimize their games for Horizon. Uh, but it's really exciting to see. Bethesda, who makes Doom and Fallout and Elder Scrolls, has a deal to optimize games with AMD. If the next Xbox has Horizon inside of it, because mm-hmm. Scorpio's coming out later this year, that'll yep. push it forward. So. I don't think the day-to-day opinion of it has changed much right now, but it's exciting to see that it could get better in the future for real. It's not just talk. Yeah. Well, hashtag hot takes. Uh, you know, it's good to be able to change your mind on a weekly basis, right, Brad? On uh, on all this stuff because it keeps people clicking those, uh, clicking the headlines and getting page views. Uh, Brad, not is, me. I'm the boring. I was going to say, uh, if anyone knows Brad, he's definitely the more, uh, uh, well, just more constant. I would say reviewer, very thoughtful <laughs> and uh, not subject to the hot takes, which is why it's good to have him on a show like this. And I'm going to put you just a little bit behind Lee on this because I think she had to do a little bit harder work. So Twenty thousand points, Brad. Very very informed a hot take. you needed to bring a hot that's take. all right that was all a hot take to me really so an air horn perhaps uh we talked about mic drops i think everyone needs a prop mic <laughs> for this <laughs> show in the future for sure <laughs> so brad we'll start with you on the next one. Oh, adam comes in <laughs> sorry if you didn't have your uh if you had your uh, computer up too loud there uh that's on adam you can blame him for that uh that's great so but brad we'll start with you with the next one uh galaxy sa details came out uh last week I think we're still on last week here, but recently. Uh, and for all of the uh, you know issues that Samsung's had, they're still, of course, motoring along because they're a massive company and they got to get their new flagship out. Uh, new AI assistant named Bixby. Uh, I'm not sure about that name. I'll ask you about that in a second. But are we kind of getting, uh, you know, is this Samsung coming back uh, strong kind of in the consumer's mind with what we've learned about the S8? And uh, first off, of course, give me a better AI assistant name than Bixby. There is no AI better AI assistant name than Bixby. That's perfect because it makes me think of an English butler like Mr. Belvedere or whatnot. <laughs> the thing I'm disappointed about it is that it still uses a computerized female voice. Uh, so they have the perfect English butler butler name, and then they give it a computerized, you know, female voice. I would take but Buxler case, over Bixby, by the way, even though that was a slip <laughs> of the tongue there. All right, if you like that answer, feel free to chuck that up. I to me. will, yeah. But uh. Yeah, I think it's going to do just fine. It looks on paper by what we've seen so far that it's going to be the like most compelling high-end Android phone there is. People have, you know, short memories when it comes to these things, mm. which is sad but true. Yeah. And if it does, you know, blow up in your hands, then you can sue Samsung and get a bunch of money and <laughs> probably another new phone that's badass, so. Yeah. Think it'll do fine. Those uh, class action suits just get easier the more phones that explode because uh, you know there's a lot of sort of pre uh, <laughs> pre existing evidence there that perhaps something was going wrong. So, well, another sedate take from Brad. I'm looking forward to. I need to see some like uh, sweat and some uh, red face coming on here in the next one. But we'll go fifteen thousand for Brad. Leah, again, outside of your comfort zone here in the Android phone world, but you know, give us your thoughts first of all on Bixby and uh, and then uh, the Galaxy S8. I 100% agree with Brad. I'm oh, tired boy. of these 
digital assistants having oh. female voices. We need to end this digital sexism. Yeah. I want the next one to have a very male name with a male voice like Chad or Travis or like Brooks Buffington. <laughs> Just something like something very like frat boy. That's what I want to see. Uh-huh. That might make me switch. Where did you go Siri. to school that Brooks Buffington was a frat boy uh, name? Brooks Buffington is actually the founder of a little app called Yik Yak. And oh. I can't believe that's a real name, but it makes me laugh every time I remember <laughs> that he exists. Um, no, so I think the phone itself, it looks really great that um, it has this cool docking system that like automatically pairs your GS8 to your computer when you dock it. I think that's an awesome feature. But people's memories, even though they are short, like they're not going to remember or they're not going to forget that the last phone was blowing up. So I think 2018 is going to be Samsung's comeback year. Yeah. All right. I like that. Good thoughts again. Let's go another 10,000 points to Leah. Uh, I'm just disappointed that people are on board with Bixby. I don't know. Like, I'm I not like, on board with Bixby. I know. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just blaming for Brad. Buffington? Come on. <laughs> You're right. That was actually, you know what? You called me out. Yeah. Um, that's uh, another 8,000. Okay, uh, I forgot Brooks <laughs> Buffington. 8,000 points, Adam, over there, throwing it up there. So, All right. So moving on to our third one, Brad, uh, we'll start with you on this one. So Elon Musk's SpaceX company uh, successfully reused an orbital class stage one rocket uh, the other day, this this last week. Uh, and that's a pretty big deal because from my understanding, the numbers that have been run, it's about 80% of the cost of any, uh, orbital trip is that stage one rocket. So they were able to launch it, uh, back, uh, I think they did a resupply mission for the International Space Station. Uh, they recovered that stage, uh, the first stage, then they launched again and recovered the stage again using a drone boat, which sounds awesome, and I don't have any other details than that. But uh, hmm. uh, what I think is interesting about this is that this is all, again, we're in this world of private space exploration kind of now. Are, given that you know NASA really has kind of recently, you know, for a while, been away from uh, you know, the, the manned space launch and, and SpaceX is really talking about kind of getting more and more into space tourism and travel. Are we seeing, you know, are we moving towards a world where we're basically in the privatized uh, space you know, world insofar as uh, the United States is concerned, at least with NASA, you know, sort of lesser participation in these sort of things and definitely lesser participation in the innovation, which I think is the big uh, issue. Uh, you know who else was down on private space flight neil armstrong hmm. so when he died a few years back i actually interviewed a bunch of people in the private space flight industry including uh bob richards the ceo of moon express another guy named chris altman who's an astrophysicist and a private astronaut <clears throat> and they raised a really interesting point that changed the way i look at that forever including now um they say that nasa's strong point is doing the really wild far far out there you know the crazy stuff that isn't even remotely commercially viable yet. Mm -hmm. The craziest stuff, the exploring Mars, the sending satellites way beyond the solar system, so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And then they leave uh, private space companies to do the boring stuff. You know, at this point, sending up rockets to the moon is the boring stuff. It's something that they can figure out commercial viability for. Uh, so I think that there's still room for both of them. I'm disappointed that NASA is no longer uh, getting as much money as it did, but mm -hmm. I think that both are important. <sighs> yeah, I like that. Well, that's that's definitely thoughtful, and I think we would love to see uh, a world where the government agencies and the private agencies are pushing each other in terms of innovation, technology, and, and just kind of tackling the issues, because certainly I think there's discoveries in the private sector that could be useful to NASA, and, and obviously vice versa with that longer-range uh, science experimentation. So even though I helped Brad make a lot of his points, I'm still going to give him 20,000 uh, <laughs> points. 
uh, and I'm going to reserve. I'm giving myself 2,000 points, so 10% of that, uh, which I've never <laughs> done before. But we don't have a box for it. But everyone's just going to have to remember that I have 2,000 points in this game. So Sure. <laughs> Leah's already rolling her eyes, uh, and we're only on number three. But Leah, your thoughts on uh, on this uh, private versus uh, sort of national program in terms of space? Yeah, I think the more um, private companies that are getting involved in space travel and exploration, the better. It's going to create competition, and it's just going to create um, more drive to innovate in this space without being you know, too punny. Um, but Elon Musk said himself um, with, late, with Trump's latest um, bill regarding NASA funding, there wasn't anything in particular that like uh, was pushing forward Mars exploration in this bill. I think he Trump vaguely said, like, yeah, we'll continue the Mars program, mm-hmm. but it wasn't any additional funding. And Elon Musk said that himself, like, that's bad for everybody in the business. If NASA isn't on board, there's only so much that the private companies can do in that space. So in the future, I think for private um, space exploration to be successful, they're going to need NASA's cooperation, both with regulation and where this technology can go. Sure. I mean, great regulation point. I think that's something that becomes really, really important the further down the road of private space travel that we go. Right now, it's basically just two entities for all intents and purposes that are kind of doing this stuff. But obviously, two successes breeds 10 successes and then you got a whole industry to regulate. So that's a big, uh, that's a big deal. It's a great point. I'm going to give you the 2000 points that I held back for myself. So go 22,000 points over to Leah. Great points Mm -hmm. on regulation, but I want to actually go back and give Brad another 5,000. Now that I'm thinking about it, bring in his, uh, research that he did, uh, a little while back. There some great insights from, I talked to real astronauts. I know. I know. Look at this five years later, I'm giving you 5,000 points (laughs) for it. So it should feel like it was not a a waste of your time in any way, shape, or yeah, form. Yeah, I learned something. I didn't know that Neil Armstrong was so interested in um, <laughs> private commercial- commercialization of spotlight. Yeah. That is cool. And that's why this is a gamified news show, because hey. you are actually learning things. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. Uh, so number four, Leah, if you want to roll your eyes, uh, get ready for this okay. one. So uh, Congress and the ISP oh, yeah. uh, privacy issues recently. So it is now, um, oh, well, not is now but will very soon apparently be legal for ISPs to uh, sell your browser history. There's obviously greater implications to the privacy regulations that are being overturned, but the most obvious one is essentially sell your browser history. So my question to you is, who would you be most afraid to get a hold of your browser history? And uh, second, a lot of the component or a lot of the opponents of of kind of the backlash on this have said, well, you know, like Google and Yahoo all collect this information anyway. So it's really not that big of a deal that we're allowing ISPs to do it because it's already collected and sold on some level. So, you know, is this as big a blow to privacy as we think? And again, the first off, who are you most afraid to get your browsing history? (sighs) Okay. Besides my boss, John Phillips, uh, I think the person I would least want to see my browser history is my dog, because then he would know when all my upcoming travel plans are going to be and when he'd be dumped off at doggy daycare. And he'd know that we just switched from like an expensive dog food to a cheap dog food. And he'd be like, what the hell is that all about? Give me the good stuff. So let's just keep that away from little Archibald back right. at home. Um, yeah, I think this is this is a serious implication for privacy, even though these companies kind of are already collecting your information just to like better serve you ads, which is like scary and annoying and <laughs> a thing all in itself. Like the biggest issue with this is it's just sending the government sending a signal to its people that like it does not care about our privacy. So it's setting a precedent for what it 
thinks and cares about going forward. And it's extremely upsetting. So for you, the messaging and the optics are yeah. almost more important than the actual regulations yes. itself that are being overturned. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, Archibald, don't watch this. I hope you didn't <laughs> uh, find out that you're getting the crap dog food now. Uh, Brad, over to you. Your thoughts. Uh, I don't care if anybody gets a hold of my browser history because I spend all my day Googling random weird crap for my job. So I got <laughs> so there's so much noise. There that yeah. Gets lost. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a big issue. I disagree strongly with the idea that Google and Facebook are already doing it because plenty of people don't use Google or Facebook. You can make that choice. You can't make a choice about the internet company that you're using. To me, this is more akin to your phone company tapping every single one of your phone calls and recording them and using both the contents and who you called and everything and selling that to other people, mm -hmm. which can then be traced back to you, even if they sell it in a non-personally identifiable way. And I think it's gross. And I'm really disappointed that this law passed, even though, you know, all those were not already in effect. All the FCC's rules weren't in effect yet. They right. fixed it. And then Congress just unfixed it. Right. And I'm deeply disappointed. Right. So lots of concerns here, obviously. I think, you know, we're looking at a it, it, to me, it's like, well, you you just had this issue kind of with. Uh, it may not seem related right away, but I'm going to bring it around. Don't worry. Uh, with the Internet of Things and the DDoS attacks on the East Coast from last year with these issues of kind of securing devices, uh, it seems like that should be like a wake up call that, hey, privacy and security in general are really, really big topics, um, you know, with where we are now. And, uh, yeah, it does feel like there's kind of a lot of uh, short sighted blindness being turned to really, really important issues that are going on. So I'm going to editorialize. Uh, that was pretty good. I'm going to give myself 1,500 points for that one. Uh, Leah, I didn't forget your points. Don't worry. I'm going to go 22,000 yeah, points for... <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, 22,000 points for uh, keeping Archibald safe and well-fed. And uh, Brad, 30,000 points to you for being uh, bearded and awesome. So, uh, awesome. And I didn't use the discriminatory. I, didn't, I almost <laughs> used an F-bomb instead of saying unfixed. Yeah, so. yeah well, I, liked, I liked the unfixed part. There was a lot of derision. It was almost, I gave you an extra 5,000 per, for performance there, I think, really, because I felt Bam. it uh, viscerally, uh, whereas I think Leah might be just a little too nice. So I took, took 8,000 8, right, off well. there. Uh, but Leah, all you have to do is grow a beard, and I'll give you the 8,000 points. Okay. Come back to me in like 50 years. We'll, and we'll gonna, see where I'm at. With I'm going to come back to you right now on number five. So uh, NBC has announced they're going to be doing the Olympics actually live this year uh something that has always infuriated me well not always but for the last couple cycles infuriated me that for all the platforms that nbc has that they couldn't figure out a way to get me even like you know ostensibly primetime events being shown live just seemed absolutely bananas to me but uh seemed like other people agreed as well because viewership's been way down since 2012 uh leah i don't even know if you watch the olympics or if you're excited about the olympics yeah, but yeah. Cool. So, so your, so your thoughts, are we, are we seeing uh, is this a good move by NBC and uh, give me a estimation of a percentage of viewership increase this year with that announcement? Sure. So it is a good move by NBC, but what really, what NBC really needs to be focusing on is the cord cutters. So that's, I think is the main reason for why viewership is going down mm -hmm. is it's really hard to tap into this Olympics coverage unless you are paying for cable. I don't pay for cable. I have access to a cable subscription, so I was able to um, use the NBC Olympics app on my Roku um, to watch whatever I wanted last mm -hmm. year. But unless you have a login, you are super limited in what you can watch. Right. So even if you're able to pay for, like, hey, I want the Olympics package, it's like $30 to watch whatever I want, whenever I want it, live, archive footage, whatever, 
they just need to come up with something if they want to see that viewership go up. Also, I'm also glad that they are going to be doing some live coverage, but I want them to also do the recaps during primetime because as much as I love watching the women's Olympic gymnastics team <laughs> kick ass, I don't want to do it at three in the morning. Sure. So you... I. I don't want to ask a question that involves your actual age, but uh, you can. That's did fine. you? Uh, well, did you grow up like me? I remember watching the recaps in prime time that were done, mm-hmm. uh, and that was kind of the best part, honestly, of of that of that segment of that live broadcast segment, because obviously at that time they didn't broadcast all day long, you know, and all this other stuff being limited options. So, but watching the the kind of whip around, uh, for lack of a better term, of of the events was really cool for me, and I, I really wish they had brought that back. And is that kind of what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. Cool. I would be 100% behind that. Got to see some of the fire come out there. I'm excited. Let's go 25,000 points to Leah. Great point about cord cutting. I had forgotten that that you had to be tied to mm-hmm. an actual uh, cable NBC account to, to access that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. That is a, That seems like a big miss uh, on their part. All right, Brad, NBC Olympics Live. What do you got for us? I was going to bring up cord cutting as well, but I'm going to wing it now because Leah took it from me. <laughs> uh, You're allowed to agree. It I, just doesn't look as good. I, am, I agree fully. I uh, Also, I'm glad to see that NBC finally admitting it's 2018 and 2018. Uh, <laughs> I think that this is a great move. I think that people who really like the Olympics want to see this stuff live, and that's great. I still think the Olympics, their heyday were back in the day when – entertainment was limited to a handful of TV channels. Mm -hmm. So this was the big thing going on. I think that the viewership is still going to decrease. I think the time's moving past on the Olympics kind of because people have so much more stuff to watch whenever they want to watch it. Uh, But I think that the people who really like the Olympics are going to like it that much more because of these changes. Hmm. Very thoughtful. I like that. I'm going to go 25,000 there as well. Uh, Brad, I have a follow-up question to you. What are you going to be watching instead of the Olympics? Uh, playing video games. Nice. It's so my job. Something that's a little more interactive and also you get paid for. Nice. Yes. Good. <laughs> Good. Well, I wish I could watch the Olympics for my job because that uh, is pretty cool. I like when all the uh, the different events and stuff. Opening ceremonies are going to be live this year, too. That seemed nuts when they took it off live because yeah. that, I mean, even with the time differences, it's like, why would you watch it once all the press is out and you can watch, you know, the Twitter videos and all this stuff? Yeah, it just seemed like yeah, kind ridiculous. of a bananas yeah. uh, well, decision. Well, if the point of the opening ceremonies is to like unite everybody and be like, this is happening, you know, <laughs> you here we united go. united 10 hours later. Yeah, well, I mean, you can still have the recap, but just play it live anyways. Yeah. It's not going to hurt anything. Yeah. I mean, when I was living in New York, we used to go, you know, prior to NBC starting to slide coverage, uh, we used to go to the bar and watch the opening ceremonies. You know, honestly, uh, you know, we go there whatever time it was and. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, maybe if it wasn't nine in the morning, I don't think we ever had that issue where, uh, but the bars are open in New York nine in the morning, by the way, in case you're curious. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it was a big mess. I felt like, so I'm glad that we're coming back. So, uh, final round, uh, for those of you that don't remember, oh final round is something that these guys have no idea what is coming. Uh, we haven't given them any sort of prep or anything like that. And it is a winner take all. And I can see that we're in a very tight Ooh. race here. Brad is Ooh. up by 3000 points over Leah. It is very, very close. Uh, and it will be a winner take all for 20,000. Points. So basically, this is like in Quidditch, the snitch. Did I get that right, oh, Harry Potter fans? Yes, you did. All right. So if you catch the snitch, that's basically what's happening here. I mean, so. not always, but 
All right, I'm, I want to get back. I want to <laughs> okay. do a show with Leah where we talk about Harry Potter. Please do. It's I something will where challenge I need anybody to, and win. I need to learn a lot more about this because I read the books years ago and I realized I did not retain even one iota wow. of what the true fans have retained. <laughs> so I'm interested to get people's passion back involved. But uh, all right, so here, so here's the premise. We're sticking with the theme of cord cutting. Actually, see what I did there? I took us right from NBC <laughs> to to here. So. Basically, my question for each of you is, and we'll give you 60 seconds to think about it and give a response. What would it take at this point? What is the biggest thing that's missing in terms of your cord cutting options that are available? And I'm going to remind you that YouTube is coming out uh, very shortly with a package for $35. I believe it's $35 a month. Brad, does that does that sound right? Leah, that includes a YouTube like Red. Uh, yeah, we're close. Includes a YouTube Red subscription as well. So you're getting ad free YouTube in there as well. Uh, so the question is kind of twofold. What would it take you right now to fully cut the cord? In other words, if you were to cut the cord, what would you feel like you were missing completely? And then second, uh, or are you just are you a cord cutter now? And uh, what do you think people are missing that are still uh, on the cord other than price? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All right, let's give it 60 seconds. And again, we have not yet licensed the Jeopardy uh, theme music. Uh, and so I will not try to play it. But since Happy Birthday is now available to be uh, performed, I will sing Happy Birthday while you guys think about it. Okay. Ha no, I'm just I'll kidding. I'll take some fake I like to call this the best part of the audio presentation of this, uh, which is the sound of people thinking. You don't really get to, we're in such a, a work a day, dash around world. You just don't spend a lot of time listening to people think anymore. So um, we got about 25 seconds left. I don't want to cheat our, our contestants here. Uh, Brad, you can raise, I think Leah's ready, so you can raise your hand if you're yeah, Brad ready. Looks ready. I'm ready. Too. You're ready? I'm, All right, great. I'm very ready. All right, so uh, by virtue of random decision in my head, Brad, we're going to take your answer first. And remember, this is winner take all, so there's. No, I'm not going to announce points or winner or anything. We're just going to get both takes, and then we'll see who wins. Brad, what do you got? I've been a cord cutter since before cord cutting was cool. I haven't had a cable subscription in 15 years, I think. Nice. Something like that. Like before Damn. cord cutting was a thing, before you could subscribe to Netflix. Uh I don't mind it whatsoever. The only thing that gets to me is the complete and utter lack of ability to watch NFL live games. Ah, yeah. There's no way to legally watch NFL live games. A few years back, Aereo came out, and I subscribed to that just to watch you know, NFL live games, but the TV industry smacked that down yep. with lawsuits. Now that's gone, so uh, the only options are to either get cable or do something illegally. Where I live, I can't even get broadcast signals because I live very remotely. Mm -hmm. So there's literally no way to watch NFL live games. Yeah. All right. So live live sports. I think that's what people usually say. Uh, you can watch that, uh, every sport basically but, right. except for NFL. Right. And you can watch the NFL on Twitter a couple times a week, and the games are usually excellent from uh no that's complete sarcasm in case anyone was curious uh, based on their offerings last year they were atrocious games that went to twitter but uh it's the thursday uh, game yeah Ooh, man but you know at least uh you get to see those color rush uniforms right brad huh, huh yeah that's part of the best part of the latest nfl uh my eyes are right? still bleeding <laughs> all right so leo what do you got for us uh, i also am a cord cutter i haven't had cable for five years ish um we, I still have access to a cable login. Uh, thank you, Dad. So that <laughs> that helps. But the only thing that I really use it for is there are still some shows on like primary cable channels that uh, I still like to have access to. So what 
what I would really like um, is to be able to kind of create my own cable bundle that I pay for every month and have it be not through a traditional cable box, but through my streaming box. And I want to be able to say I will pay X amount a month for these five channels mm-hmm. and be able to pick what that is so that I can customize the content that I want to see. Um, I also get that with the the live sports, too. I think that is just like an untapped problem that nobody seems to have found a good solution for. So even though I'm not a sports person, other people are. And that's one of the biggest yeah. problems with core cutting. Yeah. Problem being the money that they make from the TV deal. I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest obstacle there. And certainly I would say probably the biggest obstacle to getting full a la carte is that exactly like you're saying, most people would probably then just say like, okay, great. We're, mm-hmm. we're done with cable now. And so we can just relegate that to the VHS uh, player uh, dustbin of history and, and uh, keep it online. So, all right, well, man, that was tough. These are two. Can I, can I add an addendum? Yeah. A quick addendum uh, uh, sure. Have Completely breaking the rules, but why not? Food Network took all their stuff off of Netflix. No bone, Cause I can't watch diners, drive-ins and dives anymore. Oh, is that why it went off? I actually was curious. A bunch of people posted on yeah. Facebook about missing Food Network shows. I didn't realize yeah. they pulled their whole catalog. Yeah. There. All the streaming. They oh, so wow. I can't watch football or guy, and I'm just bumming. They pulled HDTV too. Wow. Yeah. It sucks. Man. Well, there's probably a reason for that, and that would be money related, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Also. Mm-hmm. Man, oh well, that last addendum made it really tough because I was leaning towards Leah, but that's a that was a we threw a little extra in there. I feel like I can't reward Brad fully for breaking the rules though, so I'm gonna go to. I think outside the box. I'm disrupted. <laughs> Oh, he's disrupting. disrupting. He's the tech term. No. Oh, no. Uh, I'm still going to go Leah. All right. Aww, Leah takes it home. Thank you. And uh, so our final score, 132 to 15. Really, really great show. Great thoughts uh, from both of you guys. Thank you both for being on the show. Obviously, you can uh, find uh, our friend Brad on PC World about probably eight times a day. Uh, you are a prolific writer, my friend, and it's all great. So it's very fun to see your headline come up. All sorts of good gaming and hardware news, obviously coming from Brad and also look for more uh, gaming stuff in general from PC World. Uh, we're doing more stuff with Hayden Dingman, our games writer, and Brad as well. Uh, video and flat content. So look for that. Uh, PC World and Leo, we get to see your stuff. Uh, I would say probably uh, the South by Southwest hub for now. Mm-hmm. Probably the the highest co- the highest Leah Yamshan uh, Yamshan Oh shoot! That's that fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm Sean. Uh, concentration. Uh, check out our South by Southwest coverage. Leah did some excellent videos with our team from there. Really fun stuff, including yeah. uh, my favorite is probably the Visa sunglasses one. Uh, oh, that thanks. was pretty. Uh, that was pretty good. So it was a blast. We had a good time this year. Yeah. There was a lot of interesting stuff there. Yeah. So you can find that in our series uh, tab on any of the websites, uh, PC World, Macworld, or GreenBot, or TechHive. Thank you guys for listening and watching with us today. We'll be back next week with another episode of the War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm.